everybody, and welcome to What's Up With That Bro. It's a podcast where we are watching every episode of Lost in reverse order from the last episode to the first episode, or as we like to call it, we have to go backwards with uh, one of our hosts, Chad Wago. He's never seen Lost before. Thank you, David K. Jones. I have only ever watched the television series Lost in connection with this podcast that you're hearing right now, and I'd like to watch it with one of my bros, AJ Nieves. Yes, welcome everybody. I'm AJ Nieves, another one of your bros on the show. And uh, this week for Lost, we're considering Season 3, Episode 19, The Brig. So Locke breaks away from the others to try and persuade Sawyer to help Rhythm of a common nemesis, a new island inhabitant discloses shocking information about survivors and uh, their flight. Uh, so that's our general synopsis. But before we even go further, we have a guest tonight, a returning guest, yeah. Lika. Welcome back. Hi. Hey, welcome Yay. back. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. We're excited to have you back. You're the first four-time guest. Is that right? Three times. Three times. Three times. Yeah. yeah. I have no life. no you came at the perfect time like you had like a Chappelle career with this podcast you got in did two episodes and then you were just done it's like give me my money I gotta go to Africa (laughs) sweet alright so you guys got money (laughs) we only pay the guests not the hosts oh okay that makes sense yeah yeah yeah. we nothing but the best for our guests I get paid in popcorn yeah 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 i get paid in just a uh good feeling inside my heart after we're done and i'm just all like that's good that's i thought really that good. good feeling is the popcorn I mean, there's that there's <laughs> that too um uh, so episode three well season three 19 the brig um how are we feeling about this episode y'all this episode was boring yeah yeah i kind of felt a little like, like it, it was a little really like, dragged towards the end mm. yeah i you know what it was a little laggy, I think, in the beginning, but um, I did like where the episode went and how how we where it ended. Fun stuff, some heavy stuff. This episode, mm-hmm. which has to see. I also thought it was really interesting that uh, they were playing with the nonlinear storytelling, where they were having uh, flashback and present time, flashback, present time, but they didn't tell you it was a flashback until halfway through the episode. Yeah. 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 So it didn't, yeah, like the opening, it didn't start off with that Chiron that said like three days earlier mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, that was kind of interesting. I guess this episode was written by Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. And I, um, it feels like season three was a season where like the show was like hitting its stride. It's been on TV for a little bit. It's becoming this phenomenon. So I feel that emboldened the writers like, to take more swings like this. I and mean, normally the traditional, we get a chance to follow one character and then we just get an arc uh, of their life off island on island this episode uh, very different i don't yeah. think there's been one that we've seen like this previous right no, i don't think the difference between like the flashback and the regular timeline in an episode's been this short of it being only three days mm-hmm. yeah yeah that, they're just all like i wonder if it was just a challenge for them like i wonder if we could do this but and just tell just do storytelling with that that small frame of time it felt a little strenuous in the beginning, but um, I felt the payoff was pretty good uh, where we went and how we ended up with these characters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked how uh, the, the stories dovetailed mm. with, uh, with finding out that uh, Locke's dad was actually uh, Sawyer's Sawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So before this episode, how much did you know about Sawyer's backstory with his parents and all that? Uh, I knew everything. Oh, okay. Because that... that 
well, went over, I want to say during season six, maybe? Like, I don't remember what the circumstances right, yeah. were, but uh, we did find out about, uh, uh, you know, his uh, parents being the victims of uh, okay. con artists and uh, money was stolen and murder-suicide. Yeah. Okay. That letter that we saw tonight in tonight's episode, we saw that letter being written in the mm-hmm. previous episode that we covered. It was um, like a child version of, of James of Sawyer sitting outside the steps of the, of the funeral home. Maybe it was letter. like season five. I think yeah, it I think should be season five. Yeah. But I know Jacob was in the mix already because when he was penning that letter, then Jacob mm-hmm. came. I think Jacob is the one that offered him the pen yeah. that he used to write that letter. So... Um, that was it was kind of a fun little throwback. Well, that they kind of you know that they had to they had to keep you know for the to make that storyline work. And I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I I remember when this originally aired on TV and uh, watching it and like um, this is this is season three and we know a little bit more about about the Sawyer character, but like um, he's been on this revenge mission since well, I, I don't I don't know I don't know how, but you know he's he's. He's been carrying this since childhood, from what we know. And uh, so you can imagine, like, three seasons in, they're just all like, we're going to pay this off this season? Homeboy's getting his revenge yeah. on, on Sawyer or whatever. Yeah, and he straight strangles him with chains, Yeah, this old man. So yeah. I, I feel like season three of the show is, like, the darkest timeline for Lost, because we also saw uh, Hurley a couple episodes ago run over a guy with a van. Yeah, yeah, people are, like, the Lost, yeah. the Lost... Well, the Oceanic 815 survivors are just murking people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Season three is the dropping body season. Yeah. I know. They are, like, bodies are, yeah, they are just yeah. dropping people left and, and right. And Ben, Ben gassed the entire Dharma initiative. Oh, yeah. He's a bad guy. But, I mean, still, that's all. I think that's probably the most death and things by main characters that we've seen in a in a series. Or a yeah. season. Yeah, yeah definitely. Although, pre- like, the seasons after this seems like they kind of mellowed out. Yeah. They weren't, like, you know, they're, like... Well, you know, with the exception of, like, shooting a kid, but still. <laughs> but he survived. Yeah, like, they didn't murder the kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, Ben shows Locke his father. This is how the episode opens up. And um, um, it's so... It's interesting to see the emotions that, that, that Locke goes through. We know Locke already as being, like, the Charlie Brown-type character. Just never catching a break in the show and always kind of being, you know, kind of at the mercy of, of a lot of people around him. And we kind of, I, I didn't think about it before, but we kind of, kind of get a glimpse into like what his father was. And you know, this, this guy is not a good guy. Kind of, it, it kind of shows a little bit of, you know, yeah. John still gets a raw deal. He even gets a shitty dad, you know, yeah. a shitty con artist father. And, and we find out uh, about the getting thrown through the window yeah. and the fact that his father apparently stole a kidney from yeah. him. Yeah. Like yeah. the, what you call um eight stories so ben says at the beginning yeah. of the episode like mm-hmm. you know your father took your kidney and threw you out of an eight story window right. and i was also in that that jacob episode where he touches Locke after he eats he falls out of that window and he's all covered in glass yeah yeah, yeah. there was a uh, jake was sitting on that bench i think he was reading a book i think Flash two, and the book was called "Everything That Rises Must Converge" or something like that. Something like that. But I had no idea what yeah. book it was. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, but Chad, uh, how do you think his dad tricked him into getting his kidney? Took him on a trip to Mexico, oh. <laughs> and he woke up in a bathtub full of ice. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Ah, oh, Dad, this ice bath is kind of fun, <laughs> but my stomach area really yeah. hurts." I, yeah. 
I also uh, thought it was interesting. Uh, it made me think about season six, how uh, in the uh, the uh, the sideways reality that Locke's dad was uh, brain dead or yeah. something because of the plane crash and how guilty Locke felt over it. Right. And it's uh, it's really interesting in this uh, place that's supposed to be like almost heaven, kind of, mm-hmm. that he has guilt over his father, despite the fact that his father was the one that was mistreating him. Yeah. Then maybe that maybe that maybe that's like shadows or echoes of of the life that he lived previously on the island. Like he, excuse me, he was like uh, like indirectly responsible for the murder of his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, he no, he no, that was that pretty up. responsible. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was pretty responsible like he, from top to bottom. Like he, he, he trapped his uh, tied-up father in a room with a guy that he knew his father was responsible for the death of this guy's parents. Yeah. Why do you think Locke couldn't go through with the murder? I mean, I would assume it's just hard to kill your dad. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, no matter yeah. how shitty your dad is, like, yeah, I can't murder my dad. Yeah, and I think it's like how Ben was talking to him about how he's got to let go of this guy and how he's still got power over him, no matter, even though he's done all these terrible things. And Ben's right about that, and Locke still can't get over it and take take the required actions for uh, dealing with this uh, this evil dude. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that is, that is a, that is a big, that is a big mind fuck, especially if you're not expecting it. And of course, like, you know, I don't know what the situation prior to this episode was, but Locke comes into this and he's just all like, oh, hey, and he's like, oh, there's a guy with a, with a, a sock or whatever that, that covering over his head. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know who this guy is and it's revealed to be his dad. And he's like, oh, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting that like, um, I, I mean, like in real life, people who have you know, messed up parents. There, there does like come a point where you got to choose. Like, am I gonna, am I gonna keep striving after this relationship, or am I gonna let this go? But um, seeing what Locke went through, I could understand him wanting to kill his dad. You yeah. know, and like, I think on a personal level, I can relate to Locke and his relationship with his dad. But like, um, and you do, you sort of do battle with yourself. Like, to, oh, you know. I want to kind of kill you, you know, <laughs> but you, do, I mean, you don't, I'm not admitting right. to, <laughs> to having murderous <laughs> tendencies on a podcast, but like there is that, that pull, you know what I mean? Uh, after, after Sawyer killed Locke, I was like, good damn job. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was a, Anthony Cooper was a real dick the entire time. The whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like he had like. I don't know what that is. Maybe he already thought that he had, like, maybe he really was convinced that he was already dead. Yeah. So he was just like, I'm going to talk me some shit right now. You ain't <laughs> yeah. going to do shit. What you going to kill me? And I'm going to go to hell again. Like, we're already here. <laughs> yeah. Like, people who do, th- uh, you know, I'm not speaking for everybody, but they really do have no conscience. Yeah. And it's scary to, like, to test that out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, shit, you took my kidney, yo. Yeah, yeah. You took your son's kidney. Like, you took his son's kidney. Yeah. Like, and then he started becoming a nuisance, so you kicked <laughs> yeah. him out of a window. Yeah, yeah. That, that was very vague and, <laughs> like, straightforward. <laughs> it wasn't like he, there wasn't anything, you know, that warranted that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, uh, a nuisance. So, yeah. Can, can you think of a situation where it would warrant kicking someone through an eighth story window? If that person was like, like other than Die Hard, well, <laughs> well, 
I don't know. Your son? Well, if, if, if this whole thing was happening, I don't know about kicking out of some, but like, maybe if, to save another life, an innocent life, but I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I couldn't justify it any other way. What do you guys think? I think if I had to rank nuisances, <laughs> like, what's the yeah. worst nuisance? Is like, uh, playing your music too loud? Like a buzzing mosquito? Yeah. Like I'd somebody... take a mosquito out a window. <laughs> somebody put this mosquito out of an eight-floor window. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. A nuisance. <laughs> this whole episode, it, it kind of, it, it deals strongly with the theme of conning, right? I mean, you have, um, you have our, 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 our general con artist, uh, which is Sawyer. And then we have uh, Anthony Cooper, who is the the proto-Sawyer for Sawyer's. Or, you know, actually the original Sawyer, yeah. I guess you could mention it that way. And the whole time, um, Locke is pulling a long, a long con on, on uh, Sawyer. Yeah, spoilers. And, yeah. Ben <laughs> is trying yeah. to con uh, Locke into killing his dad. Yeah. Or yeah. to be unable to kill his dad. Yeah. Why do you think that Richard uh, decided to try and help Locke with that? What do you guys think? Well, I think knowing what we know about Richard and Locke, which is that Locke showed up 50 years earlier and told him, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm your leader and you got to give me this compass and go visit me as a baby. So, like, Richard's known that Locke is special for a long time and he's supposed to be their leader. So when he sees Ben doing his little games to kind of discredit Locke. He's like, oh, that's, that's not what's supposed to happen. Locke is supposed to be special. That's true. And so he's, he's, he's on Locke's side, is what we know now. Um, I think at the time they were writing this, they didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I'm still surprised that it hangs together pretty well. Like, they, there's some glaring plot holes throughout the series, but, like, um, there is a lot of stuff that, that comes together or hangs nicely if you look at it as a whole. And then this, the Richard Alpert thing, Alongside a lot, kind of, kind of hangs nicely for me. Uh, I kind of like how they, how they have the whole that dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. Where so like, I don't think Richard li- likes Ben that much. Yeah, like so. I don't think anyone likes Ben yeah. that much. <laughs> yeah. Or are they a con couple? Oh. You know, there's always one that like knows everything. There's always one that is a little wormy and acts like they don't. You know. So you think that Richard was was moving. In, in the ways of a of, of trying to con him? Sort of, yeah. Richard was trying to good cop it? Yes, uh, yes. Good cop, bad cop, yeah. I see. Yeah, like, like knowing what we know about the series, that could totally have been possible, too, because, you know, Richard was around for a while. He's like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. We don't, we know that at this point, we know that uh, Richard's been around for a bit, but, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was, that was, that was interesting. He's got really great eyeliner, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a. Do you do you think that that eyeliner is real? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Real? How? Like? Well, is a computer he's an actor? Yeah. <laughs> Did they CGI is that? CGI? <laughs> no. CGI eyeliner. I don't know. What the point that I was trying to make was like that was everybody's whole thing on the, the show for like several seasons. Right. Supposedly the the actor yeah. Nestor. I'm sure was. he's heard it his entire life. <laughs> it, it's just that his eyelashes are so thick it looks like eyeliner, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, in the uh, when they're in the Black Rock and Anthony Cooper is explaining how, oh yeah, I was in this car accident and then I woke up and then my dead son's there. Like we're in hell. Like this. This is at a point in the show where they hadn't, where people were still thinking, oh yeah, everybody's dead and this is hell or purgatory or something. And then this is the 
writers saying, hey, that's that thing that you guys were saying. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And it's actually, uh, that theory is buoyed by the fact that uh, they found the wreckage of Flight 815 with the bodies in it, according to Naomi. Right. Yeah, because we don't know that's fake yet. We learned that like five episodes from now, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's starting, well, I don't know how you guys feel about this. It's getting a little tougher for me to keep it straight since we're going forward and backwards. Mm. Like, a lot of it is starting to, like, blend and mesh. But, but yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that whole thing. You know what I thought was something that was worth mentioning based on this episode? There's a scene that we get in the beginning, towards the beginning, with uh, Ben and Locke, where Ben says, okay, we actually have a plan. We've been working out with... Uh, with uh, What's her name? Um, Juliet. Juliet. You know, mm. We've been working out with Juliet to, to find out which of the women in your in that camp is pregnant. We're going to take them. But he, he, he basically tells a lot, yeah, we're going to take these these pregnant women. But we, I don't know, that storyline doesn't really go anywhere for the rest of the series. But I would imagine if, um, you know, if, if Ben was supposed to be like this master manipulator and we know him as such, like, I would think it would be more productive or maybe even more it would serve his ends more to to offer them the choice and you know however he would he would offer it to the women you know like okay you're pregnant we want you to stay Mm -hmm. i don't know if he could maybe the drive for them to leave the island was too strong but i feel like he could have like he could have finagled something like you know just invite them over to dinner at his house (laughs) (laughs) by himself but you know something because it seems like with like, if you're just going to take them, you can, but, like, what's... We never ever got an end goal to the... Why we needed the, the, the pregnant women. Why we needed the, the the unborn. Yeah, well, like, uh... Ricardus even mentions, like, the fertility problems in this episode, and we've heard it before. Like, no one's been able to have a baby on the island in a long time, so... I figure they're doing that so that they can have babies. Yeah, and even is in it, that same turn. Is yeah. it some kind of biblical parallel, PG, to <laughs> King Herod, maybe? Let's talk about oh. King Herod. All right. Um, go ahead, Chad, and tell us a little bit about it. I don't know shit. <laughs> uh, King Herod's the dude that uh, said all the babies in Jerusalem? Yep. Yeah. Uh, need, uh, should be killed because uh, one of them was going to be son of god yeah 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 that's like yeah that's yeah so king that, herod put out that order. that's the cliff notes right yeah <laughs> okay. okay i was okay. just saying yes you keep going yeah <laughs> no i think i think that's the general gist i kind of forgot myself but but yeah i, I got the broad strokes of it which yeah. is supposed to be that so he's like a reverse king herod because he doesn't want to kill all the babies yeah. he wants there to be babies yeah he wants to make more babies yeah does, yeah. does he want so i think jacob jacob's the the King Herod of it, because he yeah. won't let any babies be born on the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a uh, side note, um, the uh, the reverse Herod is my favorite wrestling move. <laughs> that That's AJ's finisher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, Is that when you're, uh, you're in the wrestling ring, right? And then there's a, there's a pregnant lady in the audience, and you go in and do slavery, so she has a baby, and then you use that baby to... Yeah, knock oh, out your opponent. I, like a like a folding chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like when the ref's got his head turned, that baby is that baby is 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 coming in for the swing. <laughs> well, I'm swinging that baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get that we get that whole I well, we get the whole thing of uh, of Ben telling Locke that we're gonna take these women and all that stuff. We kind of talked about the idea of free will. I hate to keep going back to this point because I know it's been co- we kind of covered it already, but it's just it it felt like um, 
It felt like there needed to be more manipulation from the master of manipulation mm. on the show. He was just pretty much like, no, nah, we're just going to take them. Like, yeah. We're going to smash and grab those babies. I feel like he had a lot of manipulations planned for the pregnant women themselves when they got them back to the camp of how he was going to trick them into wanting to be part of the others. I would love for that tricking would be like, it's just dinner at his house. Yeah. <laughs> at, his, at his weird barracks. <laughs> Like, oh, you got a thing for moms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought the well, maybe we can maybe we can get into this. The title of the episode is called the brig. The brig basically means it's a prison, especially on a warship, which is what we get out of the black uh, uh, the black rock this episode. But I don't metaphorically, know, this, yeah, metaphorically, everybody's in a prison, and that's how the whole show is. Like, uh, eventually, it ends with them in a. In a kind of prison, with them being in that 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 sideways, stuck in that sideways afterlife. But but there is a the the idea that you know Anthony Cooper is literally locked up, and Locke is in a prison of wanting to have his desires, his realizations met. You know, being met as being special. I'm special. I want to be the one. I want to be the leader. Um, but he's still in the in a prison of his own mind, meaning that he has to like you know kill his own father. And in reality. If he was the true leader of, of these people, of the others, then he could probably make that call himself too, right? Like he's, he's, he's uh, putting it back on, on Ben, like, okay, well, Ben's giving me this task and all this kind of stuff, but the fuck does Ben know? Like he's supposed to be the one or the special guy or something, right? So couldn't he just call that off if he wanted to? Like, I decree not to kill my father. It's like one of those people that like heard in a dream, like I heard from God, God said to, to not kill my father. Like, well, God came to my house before that, said to kill my father. Kill your father. Yeah, I think the part where he's supposed to be the leader of the others hasn't happened yet. But I don't remember us watching the episode where it happens. It just is later yeah. on, right? Yeah. And Does anybody remember when that happened? I think it was like a smoke monster thing. Like, where, right now, where the like smoke monster mm-hmm. came back with this brimming confidence. but And he declared himself the leader. And that's when they went to go and seek out uh, Jacob in the, in the foot of the statue. I think it, I think it even happened before that, like when they oh, were yeah. skipping through time. Oh, you're right. Like yeah. Right before that, he was when when he sent Ben down into the when Ben went down in, under the orchid and turned the wheel and everything. Like at that point, Locke was already like, "Oh yeah, I'm uh, in charge of the others." But I don't remember how that happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what it was? It was you're right. It was when Ben was whisked off to Tunisia, and then mm. like. And Locke was like, I'm the new dude, y'all. I'm the guy. Yeah, so I'm the guy. I'm totally yeah. special here. So I think at this point right here in the story, he's not in charge of the others. They just think he's special because he used to be crippled, but now he can walk. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, the the beginning of the episode, Ben's in a wheelchair. And he, needs, he can eventually gets up using a cane. And he talks about how when Locke showed up, he could start feeling his legs and stuff. Like, Chad, what do you think happened to Ben that made him in a wheelchair? In this episode. Maybe he fell. <laughs> I don't know what he would fall off of. Uh, like, I'm trying to think. Is there any high things on the island other than that radio tower? Um, it's Jacob's uh, lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Jacob's cabin. I don't know if you'd hurt yourself with that bad falling off of that thing. Yeah, I'm going to fill off the roof, maybe. Or maybe the polar bear tree. hit him or something. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I see. Like, I'm wondering how long he was in the wheelchair yeah. for. When did Locke show up? We'll find out. Yeah, so 
Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll find yeah, we'll find that out. But maybe he was in the wheelchair the whole time in the show up until now. Oh, uh, yeah. No, oh, that wow. that couldn't be because if he was, then like they would have treated it like a bigger reveal. Yeah. When uh, he finally stood up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, he got hit by the polar bear. Interesting. I like that. Uh, I like write that down. Because I know that uh, polar bear is part of the mythology of the show. Yeah. Uh, Have we seen one yet? A polar bear? Yeah. Have we, we seen saw one? A skeleton. We saw skeletons. Yeah, we saw a skeleton. With and the Dharma like, That's collar. one of those things where I picked up through cultural osmosis. Yeah. Polar bear, smoke monster, time travel. Mm. Yeah. That's what I knew about the show going in. I see. Yeah, those yeah, those, those are like, they weren't big sticking points of the show, but like they, it found its way into the pop culture uh, like full on. Also, yeah. the repeating numbers motif, except I never remembered any of the numbers. Yeah. 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 I, I remember at one point watching the show, I had them all memorized. And now, like, now we're watching them again. I'm like, I'm good at remembering these numbers. I know they, they have some significance. What was the significance of these numbers, like, outside of the show? Um, I don't think there is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. I, I think it was, like, do. some Fibonacci thing or something. Yeah, I think that's the uh, that's the fictional backstory for them. Oh, okay. That's part of some sort of equation. I forget what it's called. I see. Oh, wait, okay, let's talk about this. We got to talk about Anthony Cooper a little bit more. We, we've, <laughs> we've been... He's all over the episode, but there's a, there's, a, there's a part in the episode where he's talking to Sawyer, and uh, I mentioned this when we were watching it, but, like, it, it felt like he had the charisma... And the uh, the speaking method of like a, of like an old timey like black and white Twilight Zone episode, <laughs> like uh, Anthony Cooper, he's just like a little hot for heaven in here, isn't it? And just it's just very weird. Like, where do you think we are? I was like, what the fuck? Why is this? Why is he speaking like a twenties gangster? But uh, I guess that was the actor's choice. I'm like, what does a con man sound yeah. like? I know, like a twenties, like a dude that's <laughs> about to shoot me with a Tommy gun yeah. or something. But it did feel very, like, Twilight Zone-ish. Like, his delivery of the lines. And the lines themselves, sort of. Yeah, they're very cryptic. Not even cryptic, but yeah. One of the other uh, prisons in this show is the level of secrets that everyone has from each other. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Because uh, the side plot during the show, uh, during this episode, is the stuff about uh, all of Jack's friends keeping uh, Naomi from him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. So yeah, he was excluded from that, and that that was another that was another prison metaphor. Yeah, yeah, the show was. I, I really love how they how they have those themes kind of you know come swooping in and out of the the episode. I thought that was really nice. Also, we got a super close up of Sawyer's nipple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like the first like three seconds of the episode. Oh, not like first three. It was like the first scene he was in. So yeah. Just, for such a for such a ruggedly handsome man, he does not have a very developed chest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before on the show, but you guys know what uh, Josh Holloway's background is before uh, before this role. Mm, no, like he was an actor a little bit before, but he actually started off as a model, like a like a, like a fashion model mm. or something. Um, so, like, uh, he ended up coming into this role and. Um, you know, and they, they, they put him into the soy role. So, like, out of all the cast members, I think he was uh, one of the one of the least experienced actors. But I thought he did great this episode. Like, I really liked what he did. Um, it just uh, conveying that emotion of, like, you know, like, he's still, 
he he was carrying around this wound since childhood. His parents are dead, you know? Like, the mother was murdered by his father, and his father killed himself after they were conned out of a bunch of money. So he's just carrying this whole thing around with them, flies to Australia to, to murder the guy that he thinks is the dude, and tells Locke that that's not the case. But, I don't know. What do you guys think about Locke's well, Locke in this episode? Because you know he can't murder his own father, but he did set up some machinations to to have his father murdered. Is this is this a cruel thing that we're witnessing Locke do? Like, is this something that you would consider cruel, or is it a salvation? Because after he does it, like Sawyer says, "Thank you," because like, yeah, he, he vomits for a while. First. He vomits, yeah. but the initial reaction is one of like seemingly relief. Where you're on this revenge kick for so long, you know, all these, since childhood, you get your revenge realized. You guys ever had that? You guys ever had, like, cotton? Yeah, you, you ever had like vengeful? Cotton? You ever watched one of your enemies die? <laughs> 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 well, we're going into, we're going to some weird places yeah. in tonight's episode. If anyone has a yes answer to that, I want to hear the story. <laughs> I never watched him die, but he died. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my gosh. Wait, your enemy? Uh, okay. There, there was a dude that uh, bullied me off and on in intermediate and uh, mm. high school. Mm. Like he would like act like he was my friend, and then uh, when he would need stuff from me, and then he would go back to like talking shit about me behind my back yeah. or just fucking with me to my face. Uh, he died of cancer a couple of years out of high school. Oh wow! wow. I see. Mm. Well, what do you remember feeling? It. I mean, if, if you don't mind me asking, it was very conflicting because I was just like, oh. I didn't like this guy, but I'm sad because, you know, he's a young person that died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like, uh, I, sh- I should probably go to the funeral, pay my respects and everything. Wow, and you then, went. Uh, being in the funeral in the church, I'm just like, wow, I am surrounded by people who actually cared about this asshole. Oh, and I'm feeling wow. very judged by God right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You ever have, you ever have any, vengeance come to come to fruition Dave uh, not that I can think of just a chat story reminds me of a bully I had in middle school where if I heard that he had died of cancer like I'd be okay with that I see but um I also remember I feel was, like I would be but then in reality probably not yeah. I see. there was uh this one dude that uh, uh he robbed me a few times when I was a freshman and I remember one day when I was a senior uh I saw him get fucked up by somebody like dude like Full on took a brick to his face. Oh, Oof. wow. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I hear that. It's weird. It's, I'm not a karma guy. I'm really not. But then, like, it, there is, there is something about cosmic comeuppance. If, if, I don't even know if you want to label it, label it something like that. And maybe just, uh, general coincidence or, yeah, that is, that is some strangeness. I don't yeah, know. there is, yeah. there is this, you know, like bullies are bullied. You know, mm-hmm. so like, I guess you sort of think like, why is this kid so fucked up? You know, and then you gotta kind of—I well, don't know. You don't know. You don't have to, but like at a certain point, you're like, oh well, should I be mad at you? You were, you were bullied really hard. You know, do you keep getting even? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it it is nice to like to see it happen. To see you know it happen. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, I agree with you on that point. Cause like even, even thinking about, um, you know, somebody, and a lot of, a lot of the times it's kind of like, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it's almost like you're 
kind of a victim to your own experiences. You know, this, this kid probably had a shitty life. Or maybe that's not even the case. Maybe the kid had a great life. And then, like, his parents didn't, you know, like, his parents are fine. And the kid still turned out a certain way. But, like, um, but yeah, like, it seems almost like people are just kind of, I want to say victim, but they're just, they're, they're stuck within their own experiences. And mm-hmm. that's how they just relate to the world after that. Like, when my dad called me a fucking asshole, you know, all my childhood. And then just, I'm just acting out what, you know, and, and I know that seems very like sterile and very like you know that's like a a, a general I guess uh, psych- pop psychology thing, but like yeah, it's very strange. Uh, yeah, I, like how uh, I didn't have a point there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the the idea of uh, just sort of being stuck in your own experiences. Uh, there's also like when you feel like you're uh, being victimized, like that that's something where like you uh you can sort of get stuck in that experience even when someone like stops mm-hmm. being like that to you yeah like uh, uh uh like the example that i that i always uh, think of for me is uh steve cantwell mm-hmm. because uh you know uh he was fucking with me pretty hard for a little bit and then he stopped and he thinks that we're all cool now mm-hmm. but it's like i always still like think of him as like oh he's that guy that tried to fuck me over mm-hmm. like right. i've never tried to be like uncivil to him or anything like even when uh, it was happening i was still trying to be nice but you know like when i look and see like all of his successes like i don't think about like oh you know like he works so hard like on the craft of stand-up you know he's going out there and he's like uh trying to put shit together in new town like i just look at that and then i say like hey look at all the successes by this guy who i remember most for fucking with me yeah yeah, but the thing is that that's my experience. I'm the one that's locked in that uh, point of view, mm. whereas it it's like everything around it is uh, completely different from that. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah, but I wouldn't say completely different in that particular case. Steve Cantwell can be a real dickhead to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I was the only yeah. one that he was yeah. fucking with while he was down here. Right, sure. right, and sure. you know, um. Like I, I know, I know. Yeah, you it's gonna chat. be a fun guy to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no. You, it depends like, on what's which version which, of him you get. Right, mm-hmm. right. And the thing is, like, so many of my friends just love that yeah. dude to death. So it's like I know that he's not like a shitty dude. He just acted shitty towards me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's. By the way, uh, in case you're listening, Steve, uh, congratulations <laughs> on uh, being the best story in Crab Feast 2017. Yeah, and thanks for listening. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, traumas is a real thing. I, I actually have that problem too, like I of um being stuck in a moment. Like um I'm thirty two now, but I still have weird triggers that will send me into a tailspin, you know, if the right thing triggers me. And um it it took fucking like six years of therapy to like finally get it under control. And that's like the thing about that is, like, when big things happen to you, like, at, as a child, well, it happened to me, and then life happens, you know what I mean? Mm. And, like, Steve Cantwell's come in, and they fuck with you, like, it all just sort of piles up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, before you know it, you're, like, carrying around your vendetta letter, like, Sawyer, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna fuck this dude up, like, <laughs> yeah. just wait. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. wait to kill him with some chains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Steve Cantwell, you've been put on notice. Just kidding. That's wow. That's a, okay. Let's back up off that. <laughs> but, yeah. But in in a lot of ways, I feel like trauma is 
vendetta. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm carrying it around, I'm waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you just want to see some kind of uh, quote unquote justice. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. The concept of justice. I mean, in this case, you, you know, we could argue that justice was meted out in this episode. Like someone, uh, well, someone that, that, that lived not a great life, but was an overall shitty person. Maybe that person wasn't directly responsible for the death of others. But I don't know. Do you feel like, do you feel that it was just for Anthony Cooper to lose his life? In this yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. Well, uh, to lose his life? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what had it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was probably like, and getting back to the karma thing. And again, like, I don't really, I'm not a big karma guy, but I can't help see the the connection here. It's like he spent his entire life being a con artist and being a, a, a person that cons all this. And, uh, and you could see, based on his reactions and the way he spoke with Sawyer and Locke and Ben and whoever else um, in this in this episode, he truly had no remorse as a person. I mean, he had no uh, feelings of, of regret or anything like that. So, you know, like, uh, this is just a person, you might even be able to call them, what do you call somebody that doesn't have a conscience? A sociopath or a psychopath yeah. or something? What is the difference yeah. between the two? One it's is... not really a difference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they don't even use the word psychopath anymore. Yeah? Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Wow. It's like reserved for 80 slash films. <laughs> yeah. like, That's a real psychopath <laughs> out there. Yeah. To Anthony Cooper. Have any say. of you ever encountered a real psychopath? Or sociopath? Or I don't know. There like, are people that different. I've met that I think have sociopathic tendencies. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Whether yeah. it's like right, wrong, doesn't really matter to them. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel in those situations with those people? I try to stay on their good side. Yeah, mm. it's so strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, it's it's that's a tough one. But yeah, you know, it's weird because Sawyer thanks Locke for the opportunity to get his revenge. But again, like afterwards, Sawyer, you know, like we were mentioning, Sawyer is out in the you know outside the Black Rock puking his guts up because the initial the initial wave of Fulfilling your vengeance may be a thing, but I think for people that aren't that that aren't void of a conscience, they like that stuff. Like it, it comes back to you because, like, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if he really wanted the vengeance, you know, because the 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 vengeance part is carried out, but after it's carried out, there's nothing left. You've you've accomplished what you set out to do. You've 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 attained your vengeance. Now there's just like this black void. And I don't know how people come back from that, you know? Like, and we, we've seen him in uh, mm-hmm. episodes after this where people are like, oh, you know, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. And, like, he's just sort of, like, kind of wrung out. Almost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Like, um, he spends the next few episodes after this just being kind of in a very dark place. And it's not unusual because we see that happen in later seasons after he loses Juliet. But then I think that's it's a different thing. But in this particular case, like, yeah, like... He's taking a life. Um, very different reaction than what we see uh, with Hurley taking a life when he, you know, hit that guy with the van. Yeah, he but, doesn't feel bad about that at all. Yeah, like Hurley's just like, I'm just hanging out, y'all. Like, uh, well, to be fair, those are completely different circumstances. Or, uh, whereas this is some something where uh, Sawyer has wanted to kill this guy forever. Uh, Hurley saw his friends in trouble. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, right. like you, uh, the guy who you would kick out of uh, the eighth story to save someone else. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's that's mm. that's uh, that fits in perfectly. Thank you for bringing up that. 
like yes yeah, yeah so yeah it's very that's a that's a hard one um but yeah usually yeah i don't know if this is just like a tv trope thing or maybe it's it's based in literature but it always seems like those that that get their revenge it's always uh, i don't want to use the word bittersweet but it always like uh, it always comes at a cost later you know maybe, a lot of times it's a hollow victory yeah yeah because yeah. like you mm. attained it but then you just you you're not like he's not like going like yeah i finally got my revenge like three days later you know what i mean like that the initial the initial relief you know comes and then afterwards you have to like sit with what you do and then it's, uh, that's what we see on a sawyer for the rest of season three yeah. i think and i think also part of it is like whenever you commit a lot of time and energy into something and then it's over and then like now what do i do yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about like the way that you felt the last time you finished watching a TV series. Now imagine yeah. that TV series was your whole life. Yeah, yeah, we can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I think we've said it like yeah. several times before. Like we came from a cult, you know, yeah. mm. and it's a I I don't know. We sort of talk about it nonchalantly, but like to leave everyone you are related to and everyone you know your whole life, they just have to. They you're dead. Mm. you know like i can't call home and be like hey how's it going everybody from my past like that's a big old fucking deal you know yeah. Yeah. it's a big hole too like something that I, I i'm actually happy that like we were able to to fill some of that like um with each other and then with their life and then you know meeting all you awesome guys so yeah. like, it, it 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 all comes back uh, just depending on what you put your energies into because mm-hmm. you could easily go the other way and just be like why why me why how come this is happening i don't want this to yeah you know and then like you're just you're sitting on this and it's just it's just it's just sucking your life you know and we kind of see you know we see we see that throughout the entire series uh with sawyer or sawyer you know has a chip on his shoulder kind of it, it ties back in the end you know to this whole thing but yeah, it's, a, it's a heavy thing for someone to carry like that that uh yeah that feeling mm. yeah this was a heavy episode yeah. it, was. Yeah, it got it real was. in this episode yeah, yeah it got super real that's how we get those downloads <laughs> yeah, that's how vulnerable. we get those t- we gotta be vulnerable one one more thing i know we're uh we're we're, we're probably drawing to a close here but um there was one part of the episode that I felt was was uh, kind of interesting, and it's when uh, Sawyer has that knife to Locke's throat, and mm-hmm. he says like, "Why don't you kill him yourself?" And then he says, "Cause I can't." And when he screams out, "I can't!" You see, oh man, that's I, I love Terry O'Quinn in the series because <laughs> um, he's such to me he feels like such a masterful actor because like he says, "I can't," and then he kind of just turns to his side and he has this look of agony on his face. Because the whole series that we've seen Locke, Locke is always in the position of saying, don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. We get that line in this episode that doesn't come from Locke, you know. Um, so, like, Locke is used to, he's used to pushing through, or not even pushing through, but just, like, not being told what he can and can't do. But in this particular case, he can't. I can't kill my father. Yeah, I feel like he had every right to, too. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, that's, that's what everybody was... You know, and everybody around you is encouraging you to like take your revenge. Yeah. It's a different thing because a lot of times revenge is quiet. Like you sit with that, like mm-hmm. oh, fuck that guy. I'm gonna fucking fuck that dude up when I get the chance. You're not, you know, unless you have like really, you know, close friends or family members, and then you confide that kind of stuff. But most of the time, revenge is quiet. And you're just like you're quietly sitting on that. But it wasn't that case for for Locke in this episode. It wasn't like everybody knew. There's files on all these, you know, these lost. 
oceanic flight members and all these files go into vivid detail of their their life before the island so everybody knows what 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 Locke's whole thing is and they're actively encouraging him to 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 do this thing take your vengeance and yeah even, the only way they could have been more active in in encouraging him would be if they were started chanting yeah kill your dad kill your dad kill your dad kill him yeah jesus so macabre yeah, this is this is this is a this is a very dark episode. Kill your father. <laughs> Kill your father. <laughs> uh, like you know, uh, that Facebook I saw it on Facebook. It was a saying like, "The best revenge is living your best life." Yeah. Like fuck that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. The best revenge is getting a former male model to strangle the object of your revenge. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then putting that revenge <laughs> under some dirty painting sheets and carrying it to whatever camp they yeah. just carry it to. Where did he get those sheets? Were those just on the black rock? Could they have been like sheets from the what is it, the nineteenth century? Yeah, like all those all those those dead dried up corpses don't <laughs> have any. They don't have any use for any. Of those you think when you brought brought that body back to the camp, Ricardo saw that and was like, that, that looks familiar. <laughs> I know those sheets. Uh, I thought you were gonna make like uh like if you brought that blanket back to the camp and then like they all just all the others just die of disease. <laughs> Smallpox. Smallpox. Like I gratefully I thank you. I'd like to accept this blanket of your dead dead body. Oh yeah. my god. It's got smallpox in it. They don't do anything with that body, they just leave it there when he, he throws it on the ground. Yeah. And that... then he beats up my kale and then they yeah. go off into the woods. Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't come back after that. I guess it, it fulfilled its purpose, which is creating you know I guess the character development for the previous episode. Yeah, but yeah, that is that is that is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, one one last thing I want to bring up before we start wrapping up for this episode is that uh, Sawyer is walking around with no shoes in this episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. What is the significance of that? I don't know. I feel like he's often out in the jungle missing an article of clothing. Like he didn't have a shirt hmm. at one point. Like he took Neil's shirt off his back. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that counts as an Easter, but yeah. Well, maybe, um, maybe it, it might be like a call to some place in literature, or like um, it's maybe not a hero's journey thing, but the the hero has to like traverse all these trials. Oh, right? this is like Die Hard. Yeah, maybe his trial. Maybe this is Die Hard. Yeah, it's our second Die Hard reference yeah. of the episode. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it is Die Hard. It's just like die hard in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> Sawyer just leaves the body <laughs> back, like with Locke, and then like on the dead body of Anthony. <laughs> now I have a gun. Ho, ho, ho. He's like strangling him with the chains. He's like yippee ki yay, shitty father. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Uh, I don't know. That's, Easter egg corner. That's all I got. Yeah. I okay. Nika, did you have anything else? No. I think that's well. The way this is so stupid. This is a stupid tag on, but the way Locke carried the body gave me a headache. <laughs> so it gave you a headache? Yes. I see. Yeah. I was like, oh, my spine. Yeah. <laughs> he yes. chose a very poor way of carrying that body. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like he could have at least like you know like propped them up so you can just like hold them from like know, it wasn't even like draped over one shoulder like he was like holding onto the sheets yeah yeah and it was like badly balanced like only like the head part was over his shoulder <laughs> and it's just yeah. like look you you want to either get like his stomach on top of your shoulder so that the body's kind of balanced yeah or even better like the fireman's right. carry right. Mm. 
so that it's on both shoulders, so that your back's not all fucked up later. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, his back got all fucked up later when he got shot and uh, <laughs> yeah. put in the pit of dead bodies, yeah. so whatever. Yeah, shot right through his kidney hole. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> kidney hole. Yeah. That's a funny word. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got well, for most of this episode. Yeah, do, you guys think, do you guys think there was a stunt double, like, in that uh, sack? Or is this, like, a dummy? I want to believe there was, like... Oh, yeah. I'd like to believe that that was an extra, or maybe <laughs> maybe it was like a cameraman. Oh, wonder. It was one of those things that the director puts himself in the, <laughs> in the shot. It's like yeah. you just see Stephen Colbert, like, he's not even popular <laughs> yet at that point, but it's just Stephen Colbert, like, falling out of the sheet. Like, this is very weird. <laughs> I still see Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Right. Right, so Easter egg corner. Yeah. Oh, shit. I was going to look up her name. The stewardess lady. Oh, oh um. Dang, I can't remember her name either. I can't. I can't remember her name. But the she's another. Yeah, she's the other that was talking to Locke um, in the beginning of the episode. I forgot even what they oh, were talking about. Oh, the one about. that was like almost flirting, ish, maybe. Yeah, but not as heavily as she was flirting with Jack on the plane. Yeah, exactly. She's she's always with the kids and the and the others camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can never remember her name, but she was in this episode. Yeah. Um. Her name is Cindy Chandler. That's right, Cindy. Cindy. Yeah, yeah. Cindy and the kids. Cindy, oh, I, I'm not even gonna look it up, but I can't remember the name of the kids. But oh, they keep coming yeah. back throughout the whole series. Those, the, those, and then. I know. wonder if those are the same kids. We should have been keeping track. I know, I know. Like they must have, they might have, they might have switched this up yeah. or switched up on us. How did they become others? That's uh, how do you think they came? <laughs> they became others. Uh, they went with Cindy. Nah. They killed their fathers. Yeah. <laughs> that's a requirement for everybody that wants yeah, to be a part of the others. I wonder what their their trial was. They had to go through. Like they had, they had to uh, kill their old life somehow. Yeah. Based on the show, well, what we know so far, who hasn't killed their father on this show? <laughs> Everybody's killed their father. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people have. Hurley. Hurley Hurley's hasn't dad's killed alive. Yeah. 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 Hurley's dad is Cheech Marin. What? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and a yeah. crazy wig. <laughs> a crazy Hurley <laughs> wig. Ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Trying to picture his face. Cheech Marin? Mm. Cheech and Chong up in smoke. But... No, I know. They're I know, coming but, like, here, right? Crazy yeah. wig. Yeah. Yeah, Deep oh. Promotions is bringing them down. Are they yeah, comedians? February, I believe. Tom yeah, and Chong, too? They do stand yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But yes, it's Cheech and Chong. Yeah. <laughs> Both are coming Together down. Together again. Uh, also in this episode, Sawyer mentions... Uh, Ben did something to him with a bunny and a number. We'll find out what's going on with that. Sweet yeah. ref. And throughout the time that uh, Locke's in the other's camp, we keep hearing these bug sounds that sound a lot like the smoke monsters, clicky noises. Um, okay. Yeah. Ben says, don't tell me what I can't do. And we see Sawyer's letter get tore up. That's all I got. You know what? That letter, that letter is dope. Because that letter had survived an entire childhood, all the way up into adulthood, several con man arrests it survived a plane crash on a deserted yeah. island like homeboy's been holding on to that letter and i'm willing to bet he's jumped into a couple of bodies of water with that in his pocket yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wonder if he's just like if he's just like he's rewritten it like forever oh, yeah. he's from just memory. done it like yeah <laughs> like he just knows that letter from memory um which which is a child's letter, and we see as much when when Anthony Cooper yeah. is reading it. It's very childlike uh, in, in the mm. way uh, or the way the letter comes across. Oh, okay, okay. That and might be a, a reference to like his inner child, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know what? It might be because like I, I feel 
and I don't know if you guys, tell me if you guys agree with this or not, but I feel like Sawyer or James's childhood ended um, after his parents' you know murder or their murder suicide. Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, you don't get to be a kid anymore. So like now, the last vestige of his childhood is saved in this letter. The last vestige of his childhood is his shitty ass grammar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, that's what we're looking at there. Um, is is you know is, is Sawyer who who like. You know, writes this letter, but <laughs> from that moment that letter was penned, like he was no longer a child anymore. You know, he just became this other. You know, he became this thing, maybe this broken thing, who was just hell bent on revenge, and probably a part of the reason why. Were yeah. you the one that said that Sawyer is the island's Batman? No, I don't remember that. I don't know. Maybe that was you. Was I don't. That? It was not me. Oh. It wasn't you? I know that for Might sure. Might have been Dave. Maybe. Listeners, go back and listen. And yeah. Tweet at us. Might have been Anthony episode. and Nick really. Who knows? It, it might have been Nick Because that whole thing about uh, how it's like that letter was like the last thing that he did as a child because he lost his parents. It reminds me of that episode of uh, Justice League Unlimited where uh, everyone in the Justice League is uh, turned to kids. And then uh, at the end of the episode... Some of them are like hanging out afterwards, and they're like, "Oh man, it was kind of nice to be a kid again." And Batman's like, "I've been a child since I was eight. Oh wow! <laughs> and it's a reference to his parents dying. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Cool. So now it's time for the untitled Chad's predictions for next week. Which All right. Might be the title of the segment. I don't so know. the next episode is well, season three, episode eighteen is going to be called DOC. So what oh. do you think that means? D.O.C. Uh, well, first off, it's going to be the best rapper from Death Row. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know what D.O.C. is supposed to stand for. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that uh, it's going to involve uh, them finding Naomi's body. And uh, the second meaning of D.O.C. is that's how you spell Doc. So it's going to have stuff to do with Jack and mm. their decision to keep uh, Naomi from Jack. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm hoping some of that comes to pass. That would be great. Almost, I don't know, seems like it will be a, an apt episode to put some Shining references in there. I don't know. I, I, I like The Shining. The word <laughs> Doc gets thrown around in that movie and book. <laughs> it's, the, it's the nickname of uh, the main character. Anyway, you know what? That's that's yeah. neither here nor there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, so perfect. So that's, that's basically everything. Um, so... Maybe we can start off with our guests. Uh, Nika, if we wanted to come and find you online, how, how would we be able to do that? Or if, if there's anything you want to promote? I, you know, I don't really fuck with social media. I honestly don't even care no. about it at all. Um, I'm not promoting anything. I'm sorry. No, what, no, what's fine. one thing people should Google this week? Um, goon rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you. And Chad, where can we find you online? Uh, as always, you can find links to all my social media presences at my website, negative1.net. Dave? All right. And uh, look me up on Twitter at DKJ Comedy and see what, see what I'm eating for breakfast every day. I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and you will, too. If, if you, you go. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also find me online. Um, best way to find me is probably on my Twitter at ADMS003. Um, yeah, come fuck with me. Yeah. At what bro pod? At what bro pod? At what bro pod? Yeah. What's up Facebook, with that? What's up it. with that bro podcast at gmail.com? So please um, hit us up on our various social media stuffs. And um, thank you guys for listening very yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Lika, for coming in and joining us again. Yes. Thank you for having me, guys. This was fun. 
Yes, you're part of the Three Timers Club now. Yeah. Yay. Who else is in the Three Timers Club? I think that's it. Maybe just me only. <laughs> no, I think Negrelli was only on twice. Yeah, I might have been. Oh, Dan? He will be soon, I think. Oh, okay. Wait. Oh, no, Dan. Yeah, Dan has three times. Oh, okay. Yeah, you season. are the second member of the Three Timers Club. You are the king of the hill right now. You have not been beset by I'm going to take one of those Pez dispensers. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> As your prize, yeah. Like, what? I've been on this show three times. I can't get a Pez dispenser? <laughs> No. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening to the show. Yeah, and that, that's another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost. <laughs>